there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. It's Blood Harris here. Let me tell you something about my bookie. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is easy to use. I'd recommend this to you because you know what? You got the tournament coming up tonight. It's it's concluding. You got the NHLBA playoffs coming up. And you got the Masters coming up. So you play, you win, you get paid. If you join now, my bookie will match your positive dollar for dollar. Just enter the promo code armchair25 to activate it. Visit today, man, and get paid. And if you create your account with that promo code, you can claim to 1000 bucks in free play. So check it out, you guys. Go to my bookie. It's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Welcome in. It's another Panther Rants podcast, and yes, Pitt is bringing sexy back. As of as of yesterday, they brought back the old color scheme, the one we've always loved, and the one we never hated. Welcome in, you guys. Blot Harris here again. And yes, yesterday was the reveal, and it was a pretty sexy reveal. I mean, a lot of. It's hard to rank all these jerseys because they're all great. I mean, you got football, basketball, your obvious ones. They look awesome. The Olympic ones look really good. I mean, you got the wrestling ones look, look awesome. I doubt I'll ever wear, wear, wear one piece. You know, if, I mean, if I did, I mean, I probably would throw that on. I mean, that looks that looks pretty hot. And um, the soccer soccer ones look really good. The track ones look awesome. They all they all look good. I mean, I can, I can, I can see myself wearing a pit soccer, you know, a pit uh, soccer shirt. You know, I can go, I can go to the uh, soccer pub that's down the street for me and act like you know I'm, I know what I'm talking about. But um, it was nice to see you guys sharing your pictures of, of all the swag you were buying. The hats look nice. I may end up buying a hat again. I haven't bought a hat. I don't think I've worn a hat in about six, six, five or six years. My last time was a Yankee hat, and that's all I ever wore. It was always good luck for me, but after I after I crossed over thirty with kids, I decided it was time to retire from wearing hats and uh, you know fo- you know sports jerseys. Although some of you guys do do that, but I'd rather go for the old old dad look, where I'm wearing a uh, a, a sports polo and maybe some khaki shorts with the you know with with a belt buckle, and maybe some white tennis shoes. Yeah. And I oh oh I need and plus I need the Oakleys I gotta have the Oakleys and if I'm wearing a hat maybe maybe something you know that's kind of like a denim type of hat 
and a, and a oh a visor. Definitely gonna need a visor because I, I gotta have the dad look. You know, where I, you know where I look like I have to go picking my kids after the football game at some at some birthday party or whatnot. But uh, Heather even said herself that uh, there's no going back to the old Kellers. This is it. And I had a buddy who, who, you know, over a decade ago, he went to Pitt. And he, I guess he had a fans for script type of uh, web page. And he had some momentum. And I think he even met with the uh, someone from the AD about the, um, about the whole branding. And basically it was like talking to a robot. It was pointless for him. And he got mad and transferred out of Pitt. Not too long after that, but I think it wasn't so much because of the you know the whole jersey you know the whole color scheme thing. But at the time we were still you know yeah we just got back to Pitt because we were we went from Pitts, Pitt to Pittsburgh and back to Pitt thanks to Dave Wanstat. But uh, yesterday was a good day and hey, keep Heather like here for life. Now we do have the spring game come up on Saturday. And I just put it back on again. And there it goes again. I have a new I have I bought I got a new laptop back in December and around the holidays and you know what I really, I'm really not liking this these new touch pads. Make cuz I'm old school but it's 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 you know you know remember remember the IBM laptops where you had the touch pad? Well, you had that one little one little button you used for your cursor. Remember, you moved around and like you had, you had the two buttons, but below you had the actual touchpad, but it had two buttons below for the left and right click. Now they make the touchpads now where it's one big touchpad and you, you everything is done with clicking and whatnot. And it's I hate this. I hate the seats, but it's a pain in the ass. I wish IBM would stop trying to be like Apple all the freaking time. You know. Just stop. All right, enough of the tech techie crap. As you know, Pitt has their spring game coming up. And one thing we have to talk about here is, well, we'll talk more in depth about this on probably on either Thursday or after the spring game, but a lot of stuff that's up for grabs here. For one thing, the running back position is up for grabs because you lost your two top players to graduation. Quadriolis and Darren Hall are, are gone. And, you know, you also have the receiver position as well that's still up for grabs because there's really, there's there's never, there hasn't really been a clear-cut favor for receivers. I mean, Maurice French is obviously going to have the number one spot because of what he did last year. But two things, it's because of two things. One, We really didn't have much of a passing game because the quarterback play wasn't all that good, and one to the play calling wasn't good. But our, our another guy I should mention is well, Taysir Mack. So I'm really you know, so for wide receiver number three or whatnot, those positions are up for grabs. And you know, last year we had some transfers with receivers just because a lot of our starters were right through the injury. I remember for that spring game, and the, the passing game was lethargic because. Nobody really stepped up in that, you know, in, in that instance. You know, we could, I think we sh- I think we should have realized then that the passing game was going to be very problematic then, and we really didn't because of what happened in the Miami game, where it looked so good, and then 
the spring game it just looked really bad but um you got Taysom Mack coming back you got Maurice French so you got your two you got your two receivers right there off the bat you know one guy we lost was Virgil Lopes and he was pretty good it just we didn't get we didn't get the ball enough and if we did it was these stupid short passes I mean Taysom Mack's obviously obviously your deep threat but we still got Aaron Matthews And uh, we got Shocky Jockey. We got those two guys. I'm sure, you know, hopefully we've got some more guys stepping up. And obviously we need some sort of help at the tight end position as well. So I'm not sure how they're going to shore that up. But, you know, off the bat, there you go. There's, there's you know, some areas, you know, we have to look at. The passing game, I definitely think we should look at still with their quarterbacks. I know we have Kenny Pickett, but with Kenny Pickett, we don't know what we have yet, and we. I think it's. I think we have to see how he's developed so far with this new offense, and probably keep an eye on some other guys as well. In terms of defense, I mean, obviously Dwayne Hendricks is a big loss, but um, you know, I think it's you know Elijah Zeiss. But I think you know overall, I mean, we're gonna have a good defensive unit coming back, and after what the progress we saw last year. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty, um, I should say, optimistic about it. Who wouldn't be? Okay, moving on to some other stuff. We had some, you know, some stuff on the Friday news dump that, uh, you know, maybe contradicted what I had on the podcast for Thursday. Of course, I talked about why Jamie Dixon, the UCLA, made sense. And of course, he's and what I mentioned was, of course, if the when the ink dries, and of course, the ink never dried in this case because there was never anything going on with it, because Nearsock had come to a buyout agreement. TCU was going to stand by the whole eight million, and UCLA wasn't willing to pay eight million to, to bring Jimmy Dixon to uh, California. And obviously, Jamie was involved in this, and obviously this is pretty awkward for him because now he has to go back to TCU and stay there. And this is not the first time this happened with TCU. Back in the early 90s, Pat Sullivan was the football coach at TCU. He took them to their first Southwest Conference title in the early 90s for the first time in, like, decades. He tried to go to UCLA or I'm sorry, LSU. I'm sorry. He was going to go to he he won the LSU job, and LSU would not pay his buyout from TCU. And guess how much that buyout was? Four hundred thousand dollars. So LSU could not buy out Pat Sullivan for four hundred thousand dollars. Think about that. In twenty nineteen, because this was like nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety two, I believe. Now that's nothing. Yeah, I believe it was early nineties. It was early, early to mid nineties. But think about that: a four hundred thousand dollar buyout that LSU could not pay. That's nothing now. But as soon as this was released, on the same, not too long after that, TC, I guess on. You know, released the announcement that uh, Jamie Dixon was staying at TCU, and according to the AD, you know, Jamie met with him at 
at his house that the night before Friday and said he was staying at TCU. I'm not really sure what to think of this. Really, it doesn't really matter anymore because he's not going to be the coach. But if I had to take a lucky guess, Jamie probably realized that this wasn't going to happen because if, if they agreed to it, you know, then and there, it wasn't it, they were ever could going to agree with it. He probably realized, you know what, I'm just going to stay where I'm at because it's better for PR. Or maybe the AD told him that night that, hey, <laughs> we're not going to come to agreement on your terms. So this is what I do for you. I'm going I'm to tell them that you want to stay here, and that's that. We'll we'll do damage control. But still, I mean, the fact that he was interested in, and it couldn't come to bio, it just for I mean, for Jamie, it's bad because, like with Pat Sullivan, when he when he went back to TCU, it hurt his recruiting because well, they don't, they're not sure if he's going to stay now. And I'm sure it was used against him in recruiting as well. But I think in Jamie's case, he wasn't going to leave TCU at all. But if, if but if UCLA did call, he, he this was probably the only job he'd leave them for. So and I'm sure you, know, you hope that uh, TCU and their fans and recruits and whatnot, players, understand that. Because people can be real petty at times. But now they've moved on to Rick Barnes, and Barnes is older, and his buyout's made like a few million dollars cheaper, but not much. You know, I'm not really what to say about Rick Barnes. I mean, <clears throat> they had you know they had Steve Alford, and Alford took him to tournament, you know, four of his six years there, and of course, you know, last year they ended up in the first four. I mean, but uh, with Lonzo Ball, they ended up in the Sweet 16. They won 31 games. I mean, but. Uh, for some reason, Usai just isn't happy with them. But I think really they want to, they want to be able to compete. They want to get the tournament consistently, and not have these down years. Because I think it's, I think it's really what gets them is they had Ben Helen got them to the Final Four, and then they had a bunch of down years after that, and where they didn't, where they thought that Helen was building something, rebuilding again. And he really and just never came to fruition. Now they end up with um, with this, and I don't know where they go from here. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to get back to the uh, to, you know the finals. They will. I mean, with the right hire, they will. But they should look at Kentucky right now. I mean, Calipari's landing a whole bunch of recruits, and well, look at him. I mean, he he's won a championship with those guys, but not on a consistent basis. I mean, he's gone he's gone a bunch of lead eights, but. You can have you can have all the talent in the world on one roster, but that, that doesn't mean you're actually going to um. That doesn't mean you're actually going to win the title. But oh well. Yeah. Tough call, tough scene. Anyways, we got the final we got the final four that happened on Saturday, and we had two really good games. We had UVA and we had Auburn, and we had Michigan State and we had Texas Tech. UV and Auburn was an awesome game. Those guys barely broke 60. But it was great. It was just really, I mean, really good defensive battle. I mean, what was great about Auburn was their, they, their guards struggled, but their, their bigs really stepped up. And once again, for the second game in the row, you had, you had UVA snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. 
and I just don't understand why their their player Jerome. They were up ten points at that point. I think that I think maybe you, Auburn just cut the double digits. He makes a dumb foul, and he gets his fourth foul. And he's on the bench, and it was a really horribly dumb foul. And I just don't understand why he made that because there was plenty of time on the clock, and like an, in like a six to ten point lead with like four minutes left, it, it was that's nothing in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's like the equivalent of, of, of ten minutes left still. And what you saw there was you saw Auburn only come back, but they, but they took the lead. So I'm not sure what the line of thinking was on that. But, of course, Auburn fouled a, um, <laughs> fouled, fouled a three-point shooter and with 1.5 seconds left, and that was it. And the guy made all three, all three of those free throws. I figured he'd make at least two or three, but he made all of them. That's that's the biggest pressure cooker there. I think really in the end what happened was was Auburn fell with 1.5 seconds left, and I have no idea why. I know they had a foul to give, and that's why, but at that point UVA was about to throw a des- desperation heave, and as, by the time that heave would have, been, would have hit that backboard, the game would have been over. But they fouled anyway, and... It just was bad luck. I mean, people were going to talk about the double dribble, but there was also a foul before the double dribble as well that they could have called, and they didn't. So I think at the end of the day, the refs would have, refs would have loved to have uh, you know, called the double dribble, but you know, I think they were more focused on the final sequences of the game, and they weren't really, in the, you know, they were really you know, tuned in to kind of dribble. would play street ball and it would either make or break pick. Sometimes it was fun to watch and he would do big things. Other times he would really screw us over the street ball where it would just go really bad for us. In this case, it went really bad for Michigan State. And on top of that, their bigs weren't as, as a serve as I thought they would be. And Texas Tech kind of you know dictated the game for most of it. And now, you know, they, not to mention they, they made some big shots because their uh, their star player struggled, but the other guy stepped up, and well, that's why they're in the tournament, and they're in the, they're playing for a championship tonight. So, as far as the game goes, I can say is that's it's, it's going to be an awesome one. I like UVA to win this one, and people are saying it's going to be a low scoring game, but I think it could be. I think it may be a high scoring game. I mean, it just depends on how Vegas goes. I mean, the, but yeah, but the, you know, have fun, make some bets, and if you do, go to my bookie. And if you do, they will they'll match your deposit. Use the promo code Armchair Twenty Five, and you play, you win. They'll pay you. So check it out, you guys. So if you're gambling tonight, check out my bookie M Y B O O K I E. But uh, other than tonight's game. Which I think it'll be, you know, it's it's crazy how Vegas can be. So, 
I'm not sure what the over-under of the game is. But, you know, some people say it's going to be a very low-scoring game. It could be a high-scoring one. It just depends on which team shows up. And, you know, the way the world of gambling works in different ways. Where you think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and all of a sudden these guys, they go crazy and they start nailing shots. So, I like UVA tonight. I think they, uh, they'll close it out. But I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech wins as well because they, they're just a hot team right now. And if you look at who they've beaten, I mean, Mark Few, Tom Izzo, John Bayline, I mean, they've... They've done really well for themselves. So you can't go wrong with either one. And you could say the Big 12 is probably due for a title because the last team to win one was Kansas, and that was in 08 with uh, with Bill Self. So you can probably say the Big 12 is due for a championship. Why not? But uh, as far as the rest of the stuff going on, I mean... You got some more Steelers drama still, and those guys are always got fun on Twitter, and that's just how it is. And I'm not really, you know, focused on that too much. I mean, that's just going to be the way it always is with those guys. I mean, until they step on the football field. And of course, I'm looking on Twitter now, and I see Jose Canseco is fighting with Chase Bank, and I have no idea why. And, um,. You know, the Bust the Lucker podcast. You know, check those guys out as well. I think it's just one guy. But um, he's talking about the most annoying things that happens during sporting events. And for me, it was always for Steeler games when in the middle of a play, you'd have a guy trying to make his way to the freaking, you know, to his seats. And, of course, obstructing your view. And, of course, you have to stand up. You have to obstruct everybody else's view. But as, you know, as far as that, there's not much else going on sports-wise, you know, today. Oh, of course, we had the Pirates bench-clearing bra from yesterday. And, you know, that's how it always happens when you when you admire your home runs. You're going to get either hit – either you're going to get hit the next at bat or somebody's going to um, – you know, or it, your next guy's going to get it or you're going to get your next at bat. That's, always, that's the way it's always been with these unwritten rules and it just is what it is. It's just a thing. But anyways, guys, I got nothing else to talk about today, so I'm going to let you have the rest of your Monday. Have a fun one. Hell to pit. Bye.